the world right now needs emotionally healthy Christians. Mm. Um, I think it, I think it, as it's related to our individual discipleship, it also is related to our witness, yes. our ability to show the watching world that we are not shaken. We are not, you know, um, we are not tossed to and fro by every wave and wind of doctrine. And partially, partially is because we're able to do this well. We're able to take our emotions mm. and what we, what we're feeling, the, the 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 deep fears that we have, we're able to submit those to Him, and it doesn't mean that we're suddenly okay, but we are putting our our trust in something other than our our, our own selves, right? Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to a new season of Redeemer Radio. We are sad to leave the encouraging topic of enjoying Jesus through the means of grace. Uh, we did really enjoy that season. And if you haven't had a chance to check all those episodes out, we definitely encourage you to do that. But we are excited to transition now to a new season. We are calling it Psalms and the Gift of Emotions. And so today we're going to be kind of doing an introduction to that and asking some preliminary questions and um, just trying to orient ourselves to this conversation. And uh, after that, the episodes after that, we'll get more into to some of the specifics um, of what we're trying to accomplish this season. So I'm joined again by Dan and Sean. And guys, I hope you're ready to get your inner Fred Rogers on and, and talk about feelings together. I am. I mean, who doesn't want to sit around and hear three guys talk about their emotions? It should be great. I forgot my cardigan, but, you know, maybe I'll bring it next time. So. And Isn't that what he wore? Like yeah. Red cardigan? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Nice. And I would make a plug for the Tom Hanks, Fred Rogers movie. It's, it's amazing. really, really good. So if you haven't seen it, go ahead and, and watch it. Yes. Yeah. He, he models some of the things we're going to talk about really well. All right. So um, just got several questions to cover today. Um, the first question for us in this season is what are emotions and what do they do? Kind of a kind of bigger picture. What are emotions? This is not an easy um, question to answer. I think, especially trying to explain the emotions, I think emotions are much more easily experienced than described mm. or mm -hmm. explained. I think of the game Taboo, um, where you have to describe something, and then there's like this list of five things of words you can't use to describe it that make it even harder and it's hard to not describe what emotions are without saying they're feelings, they're your mood, they're your affections, uh, but those don't really get at it um, because they're, su they're such an, an experienced thing. But here's a sad attempt at trying to describe what emotions are. They are affective, embodied, instinctual reactions to life. Uh, so first of all, affective with an A. And that's opposed to cognitive as opposed to cognitive. And, and so this, they're affective, they're experienced. One way to explain this is they're experienced at a deeper part of our brain. If you think of the brain, it's got different levels. It's got the brain stem, which is more of the survival part of our, our brain. And then the next region above that is the limbic region. And that's the region where the emotions are more experienced and expressed. Um, and then above that is the neocortex, which is more the rationality and the critical thinking. Um, and so we're talking about more the, the deeper regions of the brain, the, the, the mood, um, the feelings that we have. And uh, so they're affective embodied. That's a, that's a unique thing about emotions. You know, I can, I can more easily hide what I'm thinking, but it's very hard to hide what you're feeling because you, mm -hmm. you, you really wear your emotions on your body. If you have shame, your, your face is blushing 
Um, if you're anger, you can, your whole body is clenching up. Um, and then they're instinctual. And this is kind of this idea that they're, they're not as easy to control. Um, thoughts, you know, it's not like we can control our thoughts either, but, but we, I feel like we have more um, control the way our minds are, are work, but our emotions are a little more instinctual and automatic. I think of Psalm 42, where multiple times the, the author is saying, you know, why is my soul in turmoil within me? And I've heard one author kind of talk about we can, we can, you know, really influence maybe some of the deeper loves of our hearts that our emotions are expressing. I'm going to explain that in a second. Or we can maybe influence, you know, some of the circumstances around us, but the, the emotional part um, is more instinctual. Yeah, I would say something that was really helpful to me, Ross. I think we're going to put in the show notes, but there's just a short little video. I can't remember. It's two or three minutes by Dr. Siegel, and he uses a hand illustration to talk about the different parts of the brain and how they work and yeah. what happens when uh, we are emotionally lit up and how, you know, you know, you kind of talk about losing your top and you can't rationalize yeah. or think logically. Um, so that would, I think, help people who maybe don't have as much information like me uh, to have a better working knowledge of the brain. So we'll put that in the show notes for you guys. And can I give a quick example of this instinctual piece? This is not going to be as smart as what either of you guys have said, but have you ever been at a sporting event and then the ref makes a call that you don't agree with and suddenly you hate everything about that ref? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I've never met this person in my yeah. entire life, but they have made a call that I don't agree with and suddenly they are Satan himself, right? I yep. mean, it's, but I think that's that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking the, about. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You don't struggle in this area, no. Dan. I've never seen you react like that to sports i'm just no. uh, but i think that's a helpful even picture of like okay yeah, we absolutely. just react that way and it's just sort of it just sort of happens like right anyway absolutely so affective embodied instinctual reactions to life clear as mud um so what but what do emotions do maybe this can help kind of draw out what emotions are even more what what do emotions do and and um one author has kind of said Emotions communicate, relate, and, and motivate. So they communicate. I think this is a really important point. Our emotions are kind of messengers mm-hmm. from the deeper parts of our heart, from, from the, the things that we love. Um, emotions really express and show what we value. They communicate value. And so, you know, if you think of a, a kid who has a candy bar and that candy bar is taken from them, they're going to be really upset. They're going to maybe cry if they're a certain age. And what is that emotion? It's communicating value that they, they love that candy bar. Or if they have it and they're eating it and they're glowing, that, you know, that happiness is communicating a value. And you can kind of apply that to the more, you know, significant parts of our lives. You know, our grief over something communicates how much we valued that thing. Um, and so this, is, this point is going to become really important in a, in a little while where we're talking about the role of emotions in sanctification. Um, but, you know, and, we're, and we'll also talk about how love is not necessarily an emotion. It's, it's deeper than an emotion, and our emotions are kind of symptoms of what we love. And so that's been a really helpful point for me mm-hmm. to kind of understand not only what they are, but, but how their role in our lives. Yeah. I think as we've, we've tried to figure out what foods Lily likes to eat and what, and you know, before she could talk and communicate a lot of the way we could tell is by her wearing her emotions on her face. And so they do communicate. Okay. Banana, no good, (laughs) but, uh, but quesadilla, very good. Right. Yeah. Nice. Um, so they communicate, they relate. Um, that's just talking about how our, our emotions, help us connect with other people well 
Um, and that's, you know, the Bible talks about weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice and, and they help us understand and connect with others. Um, and then they motivate. And this actually comes from, you know, the roots of the word emotion. It comes from the Latin word moter, motera, which means to move. And then it has the, the Latin prefix e, which means move away. So this kind of combination suggests that there's a, this tendency to act that's implicit in emotions. Um, emotions really help move us and, and, and move us to action. And if you think about someone who's depressed, you know, part of being depressed is um, kind of the absence of feeling, kind of numbing all your feelings. And, and what, is, uh, what do you do when you're depressed? You do nothing. Um, that person uh, doesn't have much will to act, and that's because of the lack of emotion. Emotions help drive us. And I think Tim Lane, a Christian counselor and pastor, has given a helpful illustration to this. He says, you know, if you think of maybe like a, a, a motorized boat in the water, emotions are kind of like the engine that, that propel it forward. But then the thoughts and the, the, the upper part of our brain, the, the, our thoughts and our rationality, that's like the rudder. That's how we can, you know, use that energy of the emotions and steer it in a proper, um, healthy direction. And I think that illustration will probably be helpful for us as we go through this season and, and talk about those things. So that's kind of a brief introduction. What are emotions and what do they do? Anything else you'd want to add, Dan or Sean, to that? I think emotions are like a good entry point into life, right? Like we just, mm. as we experience things, we kind of, we have these reactions, even as we develop out of uh, adolescence and, and being a toddler and then, in, you know, into adolescence, and then into adulthood, they still provide an entry point into life. And so um, mm. we're going to talk about why it's important to talk about these things, but um, I, I don't know. I think that's, yeah. it's just a helpful place to, it's a helpful way to think about it in like a positive light. Like it's our, it's our entryway into the things that God's made and, and to be able to experience those things. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, to dovetail on that, I mean, one guy has said the emotions are the energy around which our brain organizes itself. I don't know fully what that means, but um, some of what I think it means is it's 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 categories our brain has inside of it. it you know, it, that's that idea of its reactions to life. It's, you know, we, we take in this part of this stimulus in our life and we kind of categorize that as that makes us happy or that makes us sad or and and it's never it's never black and white we're always experiencing multiple emotions at the same time but um but yeah that's emotions well i think sometimes we think of being emotional as a bad thing too yeah and we're often taught and again we're kind of getting the stereotypes but even as men to be don't be emotional right and so i think this will hopefully have a better understanding i think some caveats too that just I mean, we're not being super precise. We're not, there's going to be a little bit difference, maybe how theologians will talk about it and uh, how psychologists will. So don't, you know, bear with us and realize we're just trying to give you some general categories to help you think about it for your Christian life. And um, we're welcome to input and feedback, but no, we're not being that precise. We're trying to paint big picture. And uh, and Ross, you know, having a Master's of Arts in Counseling is going to help us and has more familiarity with those things. But again, just a few caveats. I'm an expert, y'all. Watch yeah, out. As, as us three guys talk about our emotions. So just a reminder. No, that's a really good point, Dan. I appreciate you um, saying those things, those caveats. All right. So next question is, you know, why talk about emotions? And then especially in relation to the Psalms. Uh, 
And I think I want to give sort of three points, kind of a biblical defense of this topic, but then sort of a, the cultural relevance to this topic, um, but then also just kind of how the Psalms are a helpful um, place to start. So sort of thinking about this in terms of, you know, a biblical rationale for talking about emotions. There's a lot of ways to get at this. I wanted to just do it through the lens of kind of how the Bible is organized around the storyline of creation, fall, and redemption. And um, I think each of those parts of the biblical story have ways to show us the value and the importance of, of you know, a healthy emotional life. Um, and, you know, so first of all, creation, you think about how we are created in the image of God, um, body and soul in the image of God. And, and but we are creating the image of an, um, a God who has emotions and who throughout the Bible um, expresses emotions at different things. He shows his anger um, and he shows his sadness. He shows his joy and his delight. Um, and we that's, I think, part of what it part of what it looks like to 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 embody being his image is to um, not suppress the emotional side of ourselves i think god shows us it's this is an important part of how he's created us these are important um, parts of who we are and and, and the gospels if you just look through the gospels and, and you kind of really see what jesus is like um, jesus shows us um how much he expresses and, and embraces his emotional side. And Dan's been reading some more on that lately on different articles and books. Dan, I want to see if you could share a little bit about what you've learned. Yeah, again, I think we'll put this in the show notes, but it's an article by a man named B.B. Warfield who was uh, a Princeton theologian in the 1900s, and it's called The Emotional Life of Our Lord. And he just does a great job of talking about how Jesus had sinless human emotions. So emotions aren't necessarily sinful. Now how we may respond to them could be, but yes. he does go through that and just talks about uh, really that Christ is the embodiment of the things we see, it, particularly in the Old Testament. And it dovetails, again, another shameless plug for gentle and lowly. But in Jeremiah 30, it's kind of the heart of the book of Jeremiah, 29 chapters of you guys are sinners, and then in chapter 30, he says, you are my darling son. Wow. And then he asked this question, do you have a category for that tender love of the father for you? Hmm. And, and then it, he talks about how it became embodied in the darling son who allowed himself to be crucified and to go through the loneliness of the garden and the loneliness of judgment. And um, so it, it's just beautiful. And, and, if you want to go through it, because again, sometimes I think we wonder about emotions. Warfield takes you through a really thoughtful process of the various emotions Jesus had. And really at, at his heart, it was mercy and compassion and love mm -hmm. uh, for his people. And that that impacted how he, it was what drove, as you said, the energy that drove his life of healing the sick and raising the dead and ultimately yeah. rescuing the lost. And Paul, you know, we see in, we're seeing this clearly in Philippians as we yeah. go through this as a sermon series, his love and deep compassion mm -hmm. uh, towards the Philippians. He loves them so much that he's willing to address some of these issues, but also just to press upon them the compassion and mercy that is shown to them through Jesus also. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's full, the Bible's full of this. Yeah, yeah, and I think still in kind of the thinking about how we are designed, our creational intent and design, I think of uh, King David. And he's described as a man after God's own heart. 
what a description of someone. And but yet, what what do we know about David? I would, you might argue, he's might be one of the most emotionally expressive characters in the Bible, um, especially through the Psalms. And I think of him like dancing at the ark entering Jerusalem and how that embarrassed some people. Just how expressive he was, and and so I, you know, that's that's a another example in the Bible of this, but then, so creation, but then also fall. I think in, you see some of the importance of emotions when you think of how the Bible talks about the, the fall, the rebellion, and, and all, the, all that's broken in this world, and I think emotions are a proper response to the fall. They help us uh, properly respond to the brokenness of this world. You know, Jesus wept, talking about the emotional life of Jesus. He was about to raise Lazarus, you know, just five minutes later, why isn't he rejoicing that he's about to no he's weeping because of the the how of the brokenness of this world and how death is you know so much of what is wrong with this world and of course the psalms which we'll get into you know there's so much there's there's more actually negative emotion expressed in the psalms than positive actually um but it's but it's still um modeling to us something um, and then Ecclesiastes, too, it, it says there's a time to rejoice, but there's also a time to weep um, this side of glory. Mm. And so the emotions really help us interact with the fall in a in a healthy way. But another side, thinking of the fall, thinking of our sin and our, and our the brokenness inside of us, um, our emotions can help expose sin in our heart. Mm. And this is getting back to that idea of how emotions communicate value. And sometimes we don't value the right things. And so, um, you know, if we are experiencing sadness over something, maybe it's over something good, but maybe we're sad over losing something that we didn't really need. Um, and our, our feelings communicate what our hearts love. And so paying attention to our emotions can help us remove idols of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think of just that, that passage, cast your anxieties on the Lord. How are we able to do that if we don't have awareness of what is making us anxious. And so there has to be a level of emotional awareness to really um, engage with the Lord the way we're called to engage with the Lord. I was going to give a quick practical thing. Is uh, Ann Larson gives a helpful illustration about that. She says, uh, name the bats in the attic, right? You, mm. When you hear something upstairs, you don't know if you have one bat or like a whole swarm. Yeah, and so with anxiety, she says, "Well, let what are you anxious about? Let's name it. Let's get it out there. Let's talk about it. Let's put it on the table." And maybe you do have a thousand bats in the attic, but maybe you have one. Yeah, and you know, and those are often things that we're very concerned about that we love. Um, so we're trying to protect it or worry about it or control it. So I think just being willing to, like you said, begin to sit and say, "Okay, why am I anxious?" Again, it's a gift from the Lord to to yeah. be able to take that and. Philippians to cast those anxieties uh, to not be anxious about them but in prayer and supplication present them to the Lord so again another opportunity how this is we're not just talking about emotions we're talking about sanctification about trusting the Lord about uh, walking by faith yeah and how this helps with that and then you know that dovetails great with this the kind of the third part of this biblical storyline well there's four parts but I'm mainly emphasizing the first three. So redemption. So creation, we're, we're designed with emotions. Fall, emotions help us express the pain of this world, but the redemption. Um, emotions help us grow in our faith. And we've already kind of showed this, how they expose our sin and expose the idols of our hearts. But even in a more positive light, I think of 
the the central verse to the whole book of Proverbs, which is a book about growth, a book about building wisdom, um, skill in the art of godly living. Well, the, the, the primary verse is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's fear. What is that? That's an emotion. God is kind of, there's, there's emotions have a role in kind of moving us towards wisdom. Um, and so you see it there. You see in the Psalms, our emotions kind of push us towards God. Um, you know, some of the fears we can have are ways that we are, are pushed into experiencing God as our refuge and our strength. I forgot to pull the quote from Psalm 62, but there's this great quote there that in Psalm 62, where it just shows like God wants us to be expressing our emotions to him, um, and experiencing him as a refuge. And, uh, then I think of just self-control, you know, um, counselors over the the decades and centuries are starting to really see and that's kind of that 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 bats in the attic thing you just said dan that um you know the more we're able to become aware and name our emotions the more we're able to tame them um and the more we're able to really feel our emotions the more we're able to heal from them instead of just avoiding them and and then you think of on the negative side you know hurting people hurt people when, when you are letting your emotions control you in a negative way, it can, it can move you to act in unhealthy ways. And so mm-hmm. part of our call and our discipleship is self-control. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, of course, thankfully, we have the Spirit helping us with this. But um, I think emotional health is, is, a, is a practical aspect of self-control. Um, but then that's, that's more... Um, that's more personally, but then interpersonally, I think emotions, as we've kind of already said, they help us with compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, the more we can empathize and, and understand what someone's feeling, the better we can serve them, the more compassion we can have towards them. And so this is, all this is just to say that um, having a healthy emotion life is, is part of our discipleship. It's part of putting all of our life under the Lordship of Christ. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about sort of the biblical rationale for this topic. Um, what about the cultural relevance of, of just the moment we find ourselves in right now? Yeah, I think well, it kind of dovetails with the point you just made. It's, it's related to our individual discipleship. So being able to see our emotions through this lens of creation, fall, redemption, and how Jesus um, not only has compassion towards us, but you know, gives us the compassion to have towards others. And so as we think about our cultural moment— um, and how easily it is, how easy it is to sort of put people in boxes and to and to disagree and to fight online and and hurt people just for the sake of hurting them, even right, just to prove that I'm right. As we as we can come to come to Jesus and and repent of our sin, repent of our sin, the way we our, our emotions have guided our sinful lives, and and receive the compassion, then we're able to turn and give compassion uh, towards others. And I and I think that that. The world right now needs emotionally healthy Christians. Mm. Um, I think it. I think it as it's related to our individual discipleship. It also is related to our witness, yes. our ability to show the watching world that we are not f- shaken. We are not, you know, 
Um, we are not tossed to and fro by every wave and wind of doctrine. And par- partially is because we're able to do this well. We're able to take our emotions mm. and what, we, what we're feeling, the, d- the, the, the deep fears that we have, we're able to submit those to him. And it doesn't mean that we're suddenly okay, but we are putting our, our trust in something other than our, our, our own selves, right? Mm. Other than the way that we just naturally react to everything. We're able to say, no, we have a perfect Jesus that's compassionate towards us. Um, that we're placing yeah. our hope in. We're not. Our hope is not in our ability to have the right emotions at the right times, and that's not our hope. Um, and so I think I think our culture needs this. They, it's not that they need me; they need Jesus, right? And and Jesus working through me. That's mm. what they need. That's yeah. what culture needs. Yeah, and hasn't it been a year just filled with lots of emotion? I mean, yeah. just a huge sense of loss. Uh, all things that we haven't been able to do, kids who have missed graduations and mm. uh, senior year, yeah, senior graduations and parties and um, sporting around events. your friends, yeah, everything. Much. I mean, there's yeah. so much grief and loss and loneliness. Yes. And uh, I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's just unique to me. But when I, not that Demi and I ever argue, but when we argue. Sometimes what happens is that what we were arguing about isn't the issue. It's how we made each other feel in talking about the issue as mm. well, right? So mm-hmm. we've had a lot of really important issues in the life of the world this year. And sometimes it's not even been so much the issue because I'm not persuaded we can fully have just an intellectual conversation because it really d- is effective, you know, and yeah. and how, how your view makes me feel often in keeps me from maybe even having a conversation with you and so I think there's a lot of ways as we go through this and just the continued toll uh, Ross reminded me of uh, a talk that we had listened to that just reminded us as humans our brains are wired to reduce uncertainty and one of the ways we do that is good information Mm -hmm. the other way is through social connection having a time frame when a struggle is going to end and then also making plans to look forward to something. And all four of those things all have been four. compromised. All four. And so we therefore are not only dealing with some acute anxieties, he said, but cumulative. Like it's been adding up, you know. And and so not only do you miss graduation, but now you miss the start of the new school year. And you miss two seasons of sports. Or you've missed family vacations and Christmas and all these things that orient our life. And so there is this emotional toll that I think we don't even all fully experience and see. And I know even for me, add to that for me, the grief of um, losing my dad and losing another friend and uh, to, to death. And that, I mean, it's just been a year filled with just deep emotion. And so I know it's been draining on me. And um, the, the personal part is the way God's wired me, I work really hard to and can, kind of get where people are feeling what they're thinking and people often ask well dan how are you doing i often don't know hmm. because i'm thinking about other people so even a couple of years ago uh I, I started using a feelings chart mm-hmm. yeah i know it's really kind of dorky sounding but i would check in with myself in my journal and i don't journal regularly so it was a really intentional thing and say what am i feeling mm-hmm. like yeah. what's going on and i've had to do that a few times over this past year when i've just had uh, i could just sense in my body that man, I'm not like I normally am. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. And so I think in this moment, I don't know what the word is, but when you like start looking for a particular car and then you see it everywhere on the road, mm-hmm. I'm guessing if you start looking for emotion words now as you're reading the Bible, they're gonna pop everywhere. Yeah. 
And I think that should be a good thing as we kind of go through this. So part of our hope and intent of this is to help us say, hey, there's some really important things we're talking about in our nation, the world, and our church. Uh, But let's really talk to them from a place of hopefully emotional health where we're using them as gifts and not, uh, as one guy, uh, John Cox, told us, like, you can feel your feelings, but I don't want you to sinfully do your feelings to me. Yeah. Um, that's so great. that's uh, why this topic, I think, is really helpful for me as we go forward in this. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this. Um, and then finally, just under, you know, the other part of the question was, you know, why talk about emotions, and especially in connection to the Psalms. And so just a word about the Psalms. I think um, Psalms are probably the best place in the Bible to go where... Um, it's just it really models uh, a healthy um, emotional life. It, it, it models you know emotionally healthy discipleship um, in the Psalms, and and Calvin has really helpfully said that the Psalms are an, an anatomy of all parts of the human soul. There's not one emotion that humans experience that in some way is not expressed and discussed um, in the Psalms, and so. This yeah, this it really goes without saying why the Psalms are such a helpful tool in this. So yeah, as we go through this um, season, we will be interacting a lot uh, with the Psalms and how they um, are such a, a helpful um, teacher for us. What Dan and Sean, what are what would you guys say are common attitudes towards emotions that are out there? So yeah, we've kind of covered this a little bit, but I think uh, the, the common attitudes, sort of the two ends of the spectrum would be indulgence and avoidance. So by yeah. indulgence, I mean, uh, follow your heart, uh, uh, let your heart guide every step that you take. Uh, right. Just this sort of uh, tendency to wear our emotions, not only on our on our sleeves and on our faces, but allow them to dictate why we do anything mm. um, and, and what we do, what we end up doing. Now, this makes sense if you think developmentally about we're totally, I'm just going to keep referencing this, but we're in this phase with like toddlers, right? Mm-hmm. A toddler is going to express to you exactly how they feel through big emotions. And that's right. only going to continue through adolescence and things like that. Right. But as we are able to emotionally regulate, we don't necessarily want to just indulge our emotions all the time, right? That's right. not necessarily a healthy thing. I think we can all see why that would lead to some d- some really catastrophic results. Uh, but then on the other end would be this idea of avoidance. So uh, so just, Hey, just suck it up. This is what yeah. Dan was talking about earlier for, for guys, especially, which is actually changing culturally, which is really interesting, um, just to study as I just really try and immerse myself in youth culture and yep. thinking about trends and things like that. I think, um, actually uh, things are, things are changing a little bit in this area yeah, where there's almost a glamor to sadness right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yes. and, in in and guys that's sh- it's showing up in guys as, as well as girls. Um, and the anxiety and depression rates are on the, uh, on the, on the up and up. But the other, the other extreme here would be avoidance. So, oh, well, emotions are bad. The heart is deceitful, which we can take that verse and maybe twist it a little bit to, to, to for that to mean, oh, okay, that means I need to just shut off the emotional part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to deal with any of that because I have to use my rational brain, my mm-hmm. logical brain, and, um, and I can't deal with these at all. So those would be sort of the two extremes, I think. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think the whole avoidance side is understandable in some ways, like, like I've said earlier, just the instinctual nature of emotions, um, can make us, emotions can make us feel out of control. Um, and I think for, for many, including myself, um, that can be at least one of the deterrents 
to, you know, allowing myself to experience, but even exploring my emotions is because, um, it's just easier to just be in your rational brain and, and, and in the thought um, side of things. I think there's a danger too in the church because for a long time, the church neglected this area, I think. And, you know, psychology kind of just really took off. And, and then I th- <clears throat> I'm thankful that there's been really solid um, development of Christian thought around these things. Yeah. Um, where before I think it, psychology without uh, insight and uh, was kind of poo-pooed. And now we're kind of saying, all right, wait, let, let's take a biblical worldview and be able to talk about this. So yeah. I think where we were even 10, 15, 20 years ago in the church is really advanced and is really helpful. So we don't have to worry about, have that fear as much. Yeah. And I think some people can become more on the avoiding side too, is, is because they've seen um, the indulgers abuse it. You know, they, it's, it's kind of throwing the baby out the bathwater. They've only, they've experienced people who overdo emotions in an unhealthy way. And it just kind of, they shut off to it all altogether. So those are kind of two common ways, indulgence or avoidance. And, and, and the kind of the third way we're hoping to explore and to model and to talk about is maybe you could call it engage to engage your emotions. Um, one verse in the Bible is be angry and do not sin. And so be angry. Don't avoid the emotion of anger, but do not sin. Don't overindulge it either. And so allowing them to inform you, not control you. Um, and, and, you know, one author has talked about how, you know, a way to, to engage them is to first prayerfully identify. It's just like that, that bat illustration earlier. Identify what it is and then prayerfully examine the emotion. What is it telling you? What, what exactly are you feeling it about? Um, and then prayerfully evaluate. You know, what, what about this emotion? What is this emotion telling me? Is it sh- uh, exposing an idol of my heart? Is it exposing s- something really meaningful and rich that I'm valuing? And then prayerfully act. So identify, examine, evaluate, and act. And we'll probably get into that more as the season goes on. But that's sort of that idea of, of engaging our emotions. Just a quick tool. I mentioned having a feelings wheel. Some parents are doing this really well with their kids, too. There's now emotions charts for kids with drawings. Yeah. And uh, so that may be helpful for you if you don't have emotional language to find that. Yep. Uh, I will say I heard of one parent who printed out an emotions chart for their child, and they were going through and just having the child name them, and they came to one. The picture was kind of odd, and the child goes, uh, I can't remember, wasn't quite sure, and the parent read it, and it said drunk. Nice. Uh, so make sure you get the right emotions chart uh, as you were trying to, to put labels on your emotions. That would not be the chart. Well, it's funny you say that, Dan. It's almost as if you're trying to give me a softball pitch, um, you know, lead into the next question. And so, you know, what will our discussion of emotions look like this season? And one of the, the resources we're going to draw heavily from is this framework that this Christian counselor, Chip Dodd, has given. And he, um, it's... Uh, his, his, I guess, feelings chart, if you will, um, he calls, he names eight feelings. Um, of course, his approach, it's not the end-all, be-all. There's different feeling charts out there, but I, I've found um, his to be very helpful resource. You know, I think it's not too simplistic. It gets a little more in detail, describing kind of eight main emotions, but it's also not overwhelming. Some of these charts have like hundreds of different things. 
and he tries to just boil them down to eight. And those eight are these. Hurt, lonely, sad, anger, fear, shame, guilt, and gladness or glad. And so, <clears throat> um, you know, he, he uses that, but then he does something else with that. He has this, and we're going to include this in the show notes. You should have it. But he has three columns. The center column is the eight feelings, and the column to the left of that shows an unhealthy response. And then the column to the right shows how this, this you know, allowing this feeling to kind of move us in direction can actually be a gift. It can move us towards health. So, for example, loneliness. An unhealthy response to the feeling of loneliness is maybe apathy. That's kind of what he says. And just kind of giving up and not caring or isolation. A healthy response, a gift, the way loneliness is a gift is it, it moves us towards people. It moves us towards intimacy. Um, and so that's just a way that he sees. And so he's trying to show how the emotions that you notice there's eight there. Seven of them are negative. One is positive. But in his mind, they're actually all positive uh, because they all are helpful to us if, we're, if they're used in the right way. They're gifts. And so the rest of this season... Uh, we're, we're basically going to do eight more episodes and we're going to look more deeply at each one of these emotions, um, and, and, and right alongside the Psalms and then kind of use the Psalms as our main conversation partner with them and, and kind of talk about, okay, what are ways that we feel this emotion? What are some ways we can, uh, respond unhealthily to this and what are ways that we can utilize it as a gift to bring us to further godliness um, and health in our life. So, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of explains what we're, we're the path that we are going to be taking. Anything else you want to add, Dan or Sean? No, I would just say, take some time and read a few Psalms and look for some of these markers, yeah. you know, because again, our goal is to help you grow and follow Jesus. And in this area that I think is underdeveloped and, yeah. uh, I know I'm going to grow through this and, yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it as we have the conversation too. And uh, again, I would push you towards Warfield's article. It's a little long and, uh, you know, it was written a while ago, but really helpful. I think gives you some really good biblical foundations to see that Jesus was the perfect human with perfect emotions. So it's something valuable for us to do together. And then the other thing would be just keep connecting to one another. I think as we, yeah. we, we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic maybe, but I think continuing to reach out and to use this as a jumping off point to reach out to folks and say, hey, listen to this episode and let's, ta- let's talk about it together. How are you doing? Just asking those questions. We take it for granted, but I yeah. think that would be something good to practice is just to keep reaching out, asking people how they're doing, slowing down and, and really trying to consider your emotions and others. And um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll just sit. We'll end with this. And what about forgiving those who've hurt you by their emotions towards you? Mm, that's yeah. going to be, that's the tough one. Totally. When we get to that. I mean, that's a really hard part. And that's part of w- why we need to understand this yeah. and maybe own how we've hurt people with how we've done our emotions towards them. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good words. All right. Well, um, hopefully that helps um, kind of orient us to this topic and this discussion. And, um, uh, we look forward to kind of getting more into the specifics. We're going to look at the emotion of hurt uh, next time. And uh, we look forward to that discussion together. Uh, until then, grace and peace to you all. Take a shoes and dance.